सुन तेरे तो हारे करू फिर देने कारे गलों बिच कल दुटाली जाना सुनना क्या मुंडे पागल ने सारे ए मुंडे पागल ने सारे ए मुंडे पागल ने सागल ने
United Colours, it would only be right to give a massive thank you to some of our favourite fusional remixes of 2022. I've been playing their music on this week's show. So big up to Jayhan from India, Hammer from India, Omar from LA, DJ Suaj from New York City. And speaking of DJ Suaj, he will be joining us here on United Colours for an exclusive interview to talk about his career and future aspirations as an artist. United Colours. Thank you. 
Jura. Disco pop remix of Juraka Dilmera, taken from my EP released early this year, Reincarnation. One of my most memorable projects of 2022, a Reincarnation, my remix EP. You can download that from my Bandcamp page, victorious.bandcamp.com. Right, I tell you what, let's have a bit of fun. Victorious in the mix. Here we go. favorite Indo house edits of the year, Jalaka Dip by my man Kahani. You know I just had to give a massive, massive shout out to the Indo Warehouse team. I believe they're hosting an event this Saturday, the 10th of December in New York City. If you are in New York or around the East Coast, this is the event of the year you need to check out. An iconic event for South Asian and international dance music. If tickets are available, then you definitely need to check out this party. Highly recommended. Indowarehouse.co, Indowarehouse 
on Instagram. DJ Suaj, who sometimes performs with Indo Warehouse, is speaking with us this week. Stick around for that. Suaj and I actually played at the first Indo Warehouse event back in February, and now he's featured on my radio show. Full circle, right? Maybe this is my favorite Indo House edit of the year. <laughs> it's one that I made of Sukhbir Ish. I did this a while ago and I've kept it very, very secret. And only recently I started playing it in some of my sets and posting on Instagram. And for the first time I've premiered it here on United Colors. I should have actually made it a bigger deal, but next year we will make it a big deal when I play you this bootleg again from the top. Suk Ishbir, the victorious Indo House edit. And just before we get into our interview with DJ Swaj, this is his remix, his house remix of Satsamundar.
find your compelling talk shows on Ruckus Avenue Radio. United Colors on Ruckus Avenue Radio. This is your host, Victorious, on the Dash Radio. Ones and twos, raising the vibrations of South Asians across all nations. And yes, it is now time for our highly anticipated chat and interview. Is someone that we've been wanting to get on, on our show for a while now. As you know, I've been playing his music for a long time on United Colors. Incredible remixes, edits, and flips. And it's just amazing to have this guy on our show. The last guest of our show this year, 2022. And we're going to have a really nice conversation about South Asian influences in the dance and house music scene, as well as just a wrap up as well about music in 2022 in the South Asian and world music space. So DJ Suaj, finally, welcome to United Colors. Brother man, thank you so much for having me, bro. It's an honor to be on the show. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for being with us here. And uh, you just came back from a hardcore gym session, it sounded like, right? <laughs> <laughs> I did, man. Got to, gotta, you know, keep time to stay active with all the hustling and bustling of DJing and being an artist and, uh, you know, working a full-time job. So got to stay active. Suraj is actually a, uh, he has a full-time job and he's also an artist, a DJ. He does weddings. He plays around the world. I mean, this year he did parties where, you know, some big artists were attending like Tesha and what have you. So, you know, it's really impressive how you manage to balance everything all together. So we're going to definitely get into that. But first, tell us where you're from. Obviously, you have the American accent. You're based in New York, right? I am. So I currently live in New York City. Um, I was born and raised in central New Jersey. I moved to Jersey City about a year and a half ago and um, just about a month ago moved to New York City where, uh, you know, I'm hoping to take my creative side of being an artist and kind of push that brand a little bit more. So, you know, no other better place than the, the concrete jungle itself, New York City. New York is just, you know, just like London, there's so much happening. There's so many different scenes, so many people. It just never sleeps. It's nonstop, nonstop, right? Does it ever tire you out? You know what? It does. Uh, I mean, you know, as I said before, my work schedule and, you know, kind of just everything I have on my plate um, is tiring as it is. So, you know, being in New York City is kind of like the last thing on my plate that I'm like, wow, well, you know, I live right next to a speakeasy. And then to the left of me is Oscar Wilde, a really popular bar. So, Every time I come home, whether I'm tired or not, or just home from the gym, I'm always like, oh, well, it looks like it's fun in there. Let me go grab a drink. And then, you know, th th then I basically forego my sleep schedule. So if you've seen me recently, the dark circles under my eyes, I'm trying to treat those at <laughs> that moment. <laughs> oh, man, that's dangerous. Having one of those spots right next to where you live, you know, I'd be there all the time, you know. So <laughs> Right next door, it's dangerous. So the, the way that I came across you was I actually discovered you on SoundCloud. So years ago... All the message, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Years ago, I came across some of your, your flips and your remixes, which I thought was super, super cool and unique as well. It had this kind of lo-fi vibe. I mean, the chords and some of the sort of um, sounds you were using were, were a bit more standout-ish compared to some of the other remixes. Because, you know, what I found with a lot of the remixes which are coming for South, South Asian DJs and artists were, you know, they, they were sort of, it sort of got quite repetitive with the sort of whole Mumbaton remix or Doll refix or something like that or a hip-hop mashup and yours was quite different you know with this lo-fi house vibe not only do you make remixes but you're also a dj and you do different types of events so tell our listeners what type of dj are you firstly yeah so um i mean i, I think fundamentally um i'm an open format dj 
Uh, I got into being a DJ through my uncle, uh, Himachu, who was a wedding DJ back in, you know, early 90s, late 90s, and uh, kind of coming up in the 2000s. And that's kind of when I got into it. Uh, my parents were, were very young when I was born. Uh, all their friends basically were too young, didn't have kids. And when my parents would be invited to their birthdays and whatnot, my uncle uh, would be the one DJing all these functions. And so I would be tagging along with my parents. And as, you know, a ripe, young, seven, eight-year-old kid with no other children to hang out with, um, I was kind of just, you know, uh, hanging out behind the booth because that's where the most fun I was going to have was. There was no other kids for me to hang out with. It's not like I was going to these like functions and there were like arcade games and stuff. It was like, it's, it's either I hang behind the DJ booth or I sit at the table and like watch everybody dance and party. So, um, you know, I, I kind of got into the industry by accident just because, uh, you know, there was no uh, there was no other choice for me. It was like I attend the party or not. So um, I got into it like that. And, and I basically got into the wedding scene specifically. And I started, you know, learning that the 90s hip hop can mix with uh, you know, like a fresh new Bollywood dance song. And you can take reggae and you can mix it with, uh, you know, some top 40 mainstream music and like that kind of creativity. And obviously the colors and the lights and watching somebody control a crowd of people was super fascinating for me. So getting into it as a, as a young child was very easy. You know, my, my mind was very moldable at, at that age. And so I felt like um, getting into it really young was my only advantage compared to other DJs is people usually get into it when they're, you know, 15, 16, 17 years old. And uh, I was doing it since I was seven. So uh, I had a big kickstart. And so open format DJing was kind of my, my cliche or my niche, I should say. And like after a while, I started to love house music. So I got into house more, but uh, fundamentally, yeah, like being an open format DJ has been my, my core foundation. Yeah, I didn't realize that you had actually been DJing for so long. I didn't realize that you got into it from such a young age. So that's quite impressive. And when did production come along? Production came along probably around 12, 13 years old. So around 2011, uh, 2012. Um, I was a, obviously I, I had been DJing or, you know, I had known the field of DJing for about five years or so. And, um, you know, my uncle had given me a lot of his old DJ equipment. And so I was doing these small parties as like an 11, 12 year old with my parents' friends. And they would have these like, you know, by that time, my parents' friends started having kids. So I would do a first birthday party. And, you know, obviously my, my parents were my biggest fans and they were like, look, hey, uh, you know, my, my kid's trying to get into DJing and whatnot. Do you want him to come play some music? And so I'd bring, you know, two decks, two Denon, uh, two, two Denon CD players, a Denon analog mixer, and I'd bring it to events and I'd set it up with my Serato SL1. And uh, I was doing like those small random events. And I came to the realization of uh, how production can tie into being a DJ. And when you make your own remixes and make your own mashups, you can then play them at events and you can get creative with the DJing by producing. And so... I think at the age of 13, uh, I got I got Logic, and um, from there it was you know it was nonstop. I, I've been on Logic ever since. Wow, yeah, impressive. And you know that's how you really um, grow and you know cut your teeth, starting at that young age and just experimenting and trying. And I mean, you were saying earlier also just circling back to when you were growing as a DJ when you started at such a young age doing these family functions. That's when you can sort of you know just get those years and years you know behind your belt and just I, I always compare it to to ai right like ai needs a model to train after it needs data to train and um you know like as a dj your ai for reading the crowd is kind of like 
feeding it information time and time and time again. And after a million times of seeing a crowd react to a certain genre, a certain song, a certain artist, your AI trains better and better and better on how to read the crowd and things to look out for. So over the years, no matter how young you are, no matter how, how big or small the party is, if you're DJing, if you're controlling the vibe of a crowd and you're controlling that atmosphere, you are not only playing a crucial part to that event in that moment, but you're training your AI in your brain to to grow and to get better and to understand how to read a crowd in a in a better fashion. And I think like that's a very underrated skill that that uh, a lot of DJs think they have, but they really don't. Uh, and I've seen it just firsthand because uh, you know when you go out as a DJ, uh, I love to go out to clubs and bars and lounges and stuff, and and um, I critique DJs pretty harsh. And I realize that's one thing um, over a lot of people is they just don't understand the fundamentals of how to read a crowd. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the key skills, if not the, the most important skill of being a DJ is, is reading the audience, just understanding the vibe of a room. And it's very hard to learn that in advance without actually doing it. You just have to do it to get better and better at it. And when you sort of, you know, it, it takes multiple, multiple events. Um, it takes years and years of experience to really get good at and just having that sort of, that, that that DJ muscle to read the crowd and just, you know, understanding what works and understanding momentum and how to read different energy levels in the room is a really good analogy that you described there. And also I think psycho psychology plays a big part in it as well. So just understanding, you know, what makes people have a good time, um, you know, what type of songs really get people moving. I think that's a really good description with AI and also psychology as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Earlier, before we started this interview, you were talking about your DJ name. Uh, so currently you're branded as DJ Suaj and you're, you're releasing remixes and you're also working on new production as well. And you said that you want to actually launch this new artist profile. Can you tell our listeners what the new artist name is going to be or is it still a bit of a secret? The name, um, unfortunately, I want to keep it still a bit of a secret, um, but I can tell you kind of the focus and, and, and the I ideology of why I wanted to do so. And, uh, you know, DJ storage has been my wedding brand for years now. Um, I've been doing, you know, over the last few years, a little bit more of the high end luxury weddings, um, all around the world, but for, for years and years I've done, um, you know, kind of weddings all around the tri-state area, right? New York, New Jersey, PA. Um, and DJ storage has been that name where, uh, you know, people associate me with being that wedding DJ, which again, I don't mind. I love that, but over the last two, three years, I've specifically honed in on, on being an artist and kind of growing that brand of, of putting together and composing music, composing something beautiful, something creative, something new and unique. And um, I, not, not that I feel DJ Surge doesn't give it that flair, but I, I want there to be a separate attachment to it because DJ Surge and, and my artist side will be two completely different avenues where, you know, my artist side won't reflect all that open format DJ style where I drop hip hop or I drop 90s Bollywood where I do disco and funk and, all, and Latin and all that. The, the, you know, the artist side is going to be a whole unique genre. Um, and so I think with the unique genre comes a unique name, comes a unique artist profile. Um, the whole idea is going to be released um, in ghost mode. Basically, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to release it. No one's going to no one's going to actually know it's out there. There's just going to be a, a crap ton of content that I'm going to push out, and um, hopefully, in the next uh, three months or so, it gets big enough to the point where people maybe realize. And I'm okay if they realize, but I w I just want to put out a brand um, that promotes good music and uh you know that's kind of the fundamental of it is like look it's a unique genre i can't attach a genre to it 
but I can say it's a unique style of music, something that, you know, you've heard a lot of my lo-fi flips. You heard my my house set. It's my house remixes. Um, I'm working on a, a four-track EP of four originals with my cousin who's actually doing the vocals on um, some of the tracks. And um, so that original album that or that original EP, kind of that, that piece of work that uh, I want to attach to the name, I want it to be unique, different, but I want it to come out in stealth mode where people are just like, wow, like, what is this? Who is this? What is this genre? I want there to be a lot of mystery behind it because um, I've seen the effect that that has and and I don't want my face to be attached to it. I want people to appreciate it for it being good music, not because, oh, uh, you know, Siraj made this music. It's got to be, you know, I, I got to listen to it. I'm obligated to listen to it. I want it to come out in stealth. I want people to be like, I'm going to appreciate this for what it is, not because I know who made it or not because of the name or the brand, but that's underlying. Yeah, that sounds very mysterious, actually. <laughs> I've seen artists do that before. Who was it? Zoo, Zoo did that, didn't he? The guy Zoo did that, room. yes, exactly. Yeah, and it's kind of mimicking that style as well. Right? A lot of DJs are doing that, actually. Even Imman Beck, I just saw the other day, he does that as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. Claptone. Claptone's another Clap, big guy. Claptone, oh. Yeah, Claptone's a genius at that. You know, he's, yeah, uh, he's, uh, yeah, he's mastered he's that. Mysterious guy. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, that's fascinating, actually. And I think it's okay to create different brands for those different lanes of your career that you want to focus on because you are a well-established luxury wedding DJ and that's what people know you for. And it is it is really tough to actually market yourself as an artist who's doing something a bit different, maybe releasing and playing music, which you might not at a wedding. And it's very hard to combine the two together. So sometimes it makes sense to have that kind of separation. Um, I mean, for me in my situation, you know, I'm, I'm a sort of similar in the sense that, you know, I'm a wedding DJ, but I'm also an, I'm also an open format club DJ as well as a radio DJ, and I have an artist profile as well. And on my profile, I guess my main CV is Instagram. It's very hard to, it's very, I wouldn't say it's hard, but it's, it's it's quite a bit of a challenge to sort of keep that balance you know so i'm very particular with the content that i put out i can't put out too much wedding content because i don't want the club bookers to think i'm just a wedding dj um i don't want to overload people with too much club content because uh people might may get put off booking me for weddings it's really hard to find that balance you know yeah. i've yeah. currently i'm sticking with just victorious but you know i've seen other people make that split and you know if that's and if, if that's something which you think is going to work for you then yeah i mean all, all the best of luck to you and you know we're, we're happy to support that as well yeah um, thank you so much and you you'll obviously be you know one of the one of the guys to know uh in the first few weeks of launch because you'll have all the content and you'll have everything and uh you know i, I hope you're going to be the one to also help push it but you know not disclose the information hopefully <laughs> <laughs> oh no of course, of course not well well some of the united colors uh listeners may uh, have been given a clue given what our discussion today but you know but all the united colors fans you know they're super cool you know they, they really listen to our shows and they're really into remixes and fusional stuff so yeah we can uh, we can count on all the uh, all the all the listeners um and just just quickly before we go into dance and house music so you're this sort of established uh, wedding DJ. Do you have a preference? I mean, what do you, it, it, like honestly speaking, what's your favorite type of gigs to play now? Is it still weddings or would you say it's more of the uh, custom curated uh, club nights and parties like Indo Warehouse? What's your favorite at the moment? So, you know, that's a, that's a great question because I think for me, my uh, it's kind of shifted in the last year because in the last year I've, I've come upon clients, uh, I'd say 95% of the clients I've had this year alone were clients who have basically given me, uh, you know, 
they've given me no restriction. They've said, look, we're hiring you as an artist. We're hiring you because we know your work. We love your music. Um, and, you know, we want you to just come be DJ Surge and just do your thing. Um, and so it's given me a lot of opportunity to go and play a lot of my custom edits because I know that the clients are about that vibe. And a lot of them have been artists. They've been dancers. They've been people in the in the art world, in the art industry. And they understand what the level of creativity you need to be a good DJ is. And so having that free reign where, you know, a client says, look, we're hiring you because we know your work. We want you to just do you. Um, that that gives me a lot of, uh, you know, it gives me a lot of happiness inside because, you know, one, I know people are appreciating my work, but two, they're allowing me to perform my craft with no strings attached. Um, so doing a, doing a set like Indo Warehouse versus doing a set at a really cool wedding in Italy uh, where the client tells you do your thing, they've, they, you know, the, the sets have slightly overlapped because I'm, I'm basically curating a set that's that's for that vibe, that specific vibe. And for Indo Warehouse, I'm doing the same thing, except the only difference is people are going to Indo Warehouse strictly for the music. Whereas at a wedding, people are going for the bride, the groom and all these other things. And I'm just, I'm just kind of the, you know, the back end of it, but I could still make that effect. I could still make it happen. And I still have just as much fun playing both sets so in the last year, I would say it's just as equal. But, if, you know, one year and before that, um, I would probably say doing these custom curated Indo sets and, you know, these club sets where and bar sets where you can um, kind of go crazy. I, I definitely picked that. But in the last year, it's shifted. It's more 50-50 now. Yeah, I think in my position also, just to kind of... Um, sort of relate that to, I guess, a UK version. It's yeah, somewhat similar to me as well. And I was having a similar conversation with Nihal as well in, in Italy. So, I, I mean, I, I kind of have you to thank for that, actually. So we performed together in Italy because I think you couldn't uh, do that particular event. So yes, Nihal yeah, yeah. Is, yeah Heard Nihal. you crushed it too. It was a really dope wedding. Yeah, really good party and amazing couple. And same same sort of situation. You know, they booked me because they like me for who I am. And they're based in New York as well, actually. And they really respected me and Nihal as the artists. And they wanted us to do our thing. And they gave us free reign. Um, you know, they were like the dream couple to work with. You know, amazing. And more of my wedding bookings are becoming more like that couples who really appreciate and like what i do and my sort of taste in music and they give me free reign to do um what i do because they're fans of me and they book me as an artist and that's very different to just being booked as a typical wedding dj just to play music in fact now i actually don't take on so many bookings like that you know if there's a client who's on a particular budget and just wants a DJ to do exactly what they want which is fine as well you know there's yeah, definitely yeah. a big market for that you know I'm kind of moving away from that and it's more moving towards couples who really know about me are fans of me and really want me at their uh, at, at their wedding and there's no one else that they want to book besides me so more of my clients are becoming more like that and those are the um, events which I tend to enjoy the most as well yeah. um, and like you said they are the ones who enjoy the fusional style, style of music that I play and there's a bit more overlap in terms of what I do there versus the um, the custom create events which um, I might do with Shishi or I might do with Indo or whatever so there's definitely a lot of similarities and I see what you're, you're saying there as well. Um, so a big thing this year has been um, and kind of maybe the year before as 
has been sort of this rise of South Asian representation in dance and house music. So this year on United Colors, we've definitely been pushing more world house music, ethnic house music, ethno, um, you know, tech house music with South Asian influences. And of course, this new Indo house sound, what you like to call it. Um, you know, it's a style of music which I really really sort of got a lot more into uh, about 18 months ago and it's just been sort of growing and growing in our show um, because I think it's something very unique and it stands out it has a very international sound more and more of our listeners are falling in love with the style of music as well you know when we first started United Colors it was United Colors with India and it tended to be uh, more of the sort of Bollywood Bhangra mixed with Latin uh, reggaeton Middle East and Africa and etc etc and it still is that but we definitely have more of a focus on fusional ethnic sounds and electronic music. Um, so, I mean, this year to me seems to be one of the strongest years for South Asian representation in dance and house music. Um, so, so where do you feel it's going? Do you think it's sort of at that stage where it's ready to hit global more like maybe hit larger festivals or do you think we still have a lot more work to do in terms of building this genre in the sound with events like indo and you know what, what have you seen in the u.s yeah. yeah i i think i think the the south asian uh influence in music in general this year has just been outrageous i mean everybody is starting to hear this sound more um you know it's it's either indian style or indian kind of fusion mixed with afro or mixed with dance with house with whatever it may be um i mean you know the famous sample uh with the neuron sisters uh wade made that edit right um the yeah, home that one right yeah. like that one um a craze has dropped a lot of indian inspired tracks um and obviously like you know, with what I'm doing with, with kind of my sound too, um, we're all working towards, I think, the common goal of fusing two cultures that a lot of people tend to love, which is nostalgic 80s, 90s, 2000s Bollywood hits with new age dance music, a modern sound. And, uh, you know, I uh, like it's not just me. And I realized that because when I put out this sound that I think sounds really good other people are attracted to it right and so there is there is an audience of people that truly love this fusion you know indo sound whether it's indo like afro indo or indo house or whatever it may be and i think what indo warehouse is doing with with uh, you know kahani and ether and kunal merchant and all these guys um we're all basically just trying to share our sound we're trying to share our culture and kind of show the world that look like you know what house music is doesn't have to just be appropriated to English vocals. We can we can give international flair. We can put in African inspired sounds. We can throw in Indian style Carnatic vocals. And um, you know the guys on the West Coast, No Nazar, Omar, M2 Ray, Bianca Maelli, all these guys, they're doing the same thing. It's just not as house infused, right? And I think um, you know like the No Nazar guys. I was I was. Uh, there for the first No Nuzzer show three years ago or so, um, and you know, same with Indo Warehouse. I, I've been, I've been, I've been fused in kind of these worlds of of music because I've like gotten myself so in love with this sound that when you're in love with it and you start making it, you start finding yourself connected to these people. And um, yeah. as I've gotten more and more connected with them, I've realized like there's a big audience, there's a big following for this sound. Now. You know, the, the, to the bigger question that you asked is where do we see this? Absolutely, we see this at a festival. Absolutely, we see Coachella 
having an Indo stage, whether it's, you know, just Indo inspired, it could be everything, or whether it's, you know, Indo fusion and it's like, you know, the Afro side and kind of the Indo warehouse side and all that. Um, I think we're still some time away. We have a few years to go, but in the, in the rate we've grown in 2022 alone, um, I see three to five years from now, Coachella, Sunburn, maybe even EDC Ultra having an Indo-inspired stage. And I think it's very, very well possible. The most compelling talk show programming is on Ruckus Avenue. Radio. And we're going to leave it there with DJ Suaj. It was a very long, interesting chat with DJ Suaj, such a talented artist and remixer. We'll air the second part sometime later in 2023, but it was really interesting to hear his journey as a DJ and growth as an artist. Like I said before, his remixes really stick out as being something creative, contemporary, different to the norm. It has a somewhat international sound, very groovy, the chords, the bounce. So big fan of DJ Suaj. Suraj, we love to support his music. I'll be back in 2023 January for some new amazing fusional remixes, edits, new music, new world music. Our first show will feature an interview with a very well-known world music hip-hop DJ and artist who's blown up all over social media and TikTok. He has collectively between Instagram and TikTok maybe 1.5 million followers. It's insane. He fuses together world music with lots of Middle Eastern Arabic music music and hip-hop and pop and everything else and I'm really looking forward to speaking with him. His name is Habib Beats from the West Coast in the US and we're excited to have him as a guest on our show United Colors. So just a reminder if you want to listen back to some of the edits and remixes that you've heard on our show you can stream them for my SoundCloud page soundcloud.com forward slash Vic Dashtorius. If you want to download some of these remixes and bootlegs and my favorite mashups, which are known, tried and tested in the club, you can subscribe to my Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Victorious, V-I-K-T-O-R-E-U-S. I'm really excited for 2023. Can't wait to continue delivering this show for all of you listeners. We've been going strong for three and a half years since the inception of Ruckus Avenue Radio. So we are nonstop. I think we are one of the most popular shows now on Ruckus Avenue Radio, at least one of the most popular specialist mix shows on Ruckus Avenue Radio. So Big up to everybody at the Ruckus Avenue Radio team. You know, sometimes I forget to mention their name and don't give them the credit that they deserve, but everyone from the team, Raul, Sammy, Reshma, Anchal, the whole team, Vincent, many thanks for all your help this year. Big up to Ruckus Avenue Radio and Dash Radio. And can you believe I've gone through the entire show without even mentioning Christmas once? (laughs) Merry Christmas. Hope you all have a great new year. Happy holidays. Oh, and on New Year's Eve, I've been booked to DJ at Summerson Twiga, which is a plush, luxurious nightclub in London, Knightsbridge to be specific. If you are interested, New Year's Eve victorious at Summerson Twiga. Before I leave, and before I leave you with the next two episodes, which will air next week and the week after, I'll be taking a quick break for the New Year's, and I'll be back in 2023, as mentioned before. But before we close out the show, I'm going to play you our fusional favorite of the year. That's right, I have a fusional favorite of the year. So this is actually an edit which I produced earlier this year. You may have heard me play this many times in United Colors because I absolutely love it. It's a signature edit 
a signature bootleg in my DJ set. I always play this when I was DJing in London with Shishi for our event at Casa de Samba. Uh, he loves this as well. Um, all the people that follow me and came to our parties, they love this edit as well. Also credit due to Mujo for the inspiration on this one. Mujo Vamanos, the victorious Afro-Asian bootleg is this year's most fusional creative record of 2022. United Colors, fusional favorite of the year. Until next week, have fun, stay safe, and stay united. Vamanos!